Welcome to Family Insights, a podcast series by UBS Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. I'm Anthony Pastore. Today, I'm here with Liam McCormick. Liam is a senior strategist with the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team. The mission of this group is to serve as a thought partner to exceptional families. At UBS, we understand that your family's needs extend beyond the purely financial, so we take a strategic and sustainable approach to managing your wealth for continuity. This team works with UBS financial advisors and their clients to clarify and articulate your shared values and goals, bridge the gap between generations to perpetuate your family legacy, and develop a well-thought-out plan to support your family goals and philanthropic aspirations. Liam recently joined UBS and is based in Atlanta. He works with financial advisors and their clients, helping them to foster strong communication habits around wealth and engage in purposeful philanthropy with their families. Liam has over 10 years experience working closely with philanthropic families and not-for-profit organizations around the world. In a coaching capacity, he has worked with individuals and families to facilitate purposeful conversations that enable families to flourish and establish philanthropy legacies. Liam is here today to talk about family mission statements, why you need one, and how to create them. So Liam, so nice to have you join me here on the podcast. And and something that we should get started right in is, you know, family mission statements sound a little bit formal and maybe uh, a little bit corporate. So what's the purpose of them and why might a family need one? Thank you, Anthony, for this uh, opportunity to share what I think is one of the most exciting aspects of our work and for getting straight to the point. Um, The family mission statement articulates a shared dream, a purpose or an intention to live in a certain way. It can be a glue for family members to unite around while also providing guidance to advisors. It can uh, assist the family in making decisions and also transfer values to the following generations. And the research supports this and suggests that families that succeed over generations can identify their core values and they can use them to form a shared mission statement. And when that happens, the families tend to endure. The process of identifying the mission statement if it's inclusive of all the family members, is often the most valuable part of the statement itself. The connection that can form between generations as they share personal values, they share uh, shared dreams, they can form these strong family bonds that lead to mutual understanding. And as we know, being heard and understood can be really powerful. We have seen parents and children through this process come together and agree on a path forward where in the past there's been an impasse. A clear mission statement can unlock transformative thinking. When families discover a purpose for their wealth, the process encourages a growth mindset as everyone strives for an aspirational common goal as opposed to Uh, a fixed mindset that may be fixed on simply protecting or just retaining wealth. Let's look at a couple of uh, illustrative examples. This is one uh, which is just an illustration, but 
our family mission is to preserve and promote responsible stewardship by nurturing our passions for self, family, and community. Another one, again, another example, could be our family mission is to prepare and uphold the values of our ancestors while encouraging independent thoughts and ideals in future generations to enhance the core values of our family. Excellent. Liam, that's very helpful and a great way to get started with our chat today. So, you know, there's a question that I sometimes struggle with, and I'm perhaps I'm not the only one, is the difference between a mission statement and a vision statement. How do you differentiate between those two? Ah, thanks. That's a good, good point of clarification. Um, mission statements, in my mind, tend to include specified actions, something very specific. Um, like in the example I just mentioned, the preserve and promote responsible stewardship is, is an action or a series of actions, while a vision statement tends to be quite pithy and and aspirational. And if we look at it in a little bit more detail, the mission statement has numerous unspecified actions that, that they fall out of the, the specified action. And, and what I mean is that, again, looking at that example, if we preserve and promote responsible stewardship, we take that as, as the action, the family may then choose um, an estate plan or financial education for the heirs, or maybe define what responsible stewardship means. Those are not specified actions, but they are implied actions that you need to execute the mission. The vision statement captures an almost uh, unattainable future state, something that maybe is inspirational and can provide a path or a light in, in uncertain times. And, and you can also adapt the vision statement into a family motto that might encourage positive behavior in young children, which can assist in parenting, for example, but it can also pass on a family culture. And, you know, uh, the couple of those might, an example of that might simply be, uh, have courage and be kind. A simple, short, pithy statement. And this isn't a new concept. I mean, throughout history, exceptional families and enduring institutions use a motto to build identity while shaping the character of future generations. I mean, a famous one uh, would be the Marine Corps, which in Latin is Semper Fidelis. I hope I said that right. My Latin was never very good, but it means always faithful. And the sixth president of the United States was uh, John Quincy Adams. I'm pretty sure that's right. And he chose faith, freedom, and friendship. Thou shall preserve. And that was his family's guiding words. It might be fun, Anthony, if you would humor me to have a quick pop quiz on some old, some new, and some fictional identity-forming mottos. Are you up for that? Yeah, of course. I'm always up for a challenge, so hopefully this won't be too tricky for me, Liam. <laughs> okay, right. The first one. Um, all for one, 
and one for all is the motto of which sword-wielding heroes. Okay, I'm glad you started off with an easy one for me. That, of course, is the Three Musketeers. Brilliant. Well done. Now, this is a bit trickier. <laughs> which, which fictional family from the Game of Thrones always pays their debts? Oh, that's the Lannisters, of course. The Lannisters always pay their debts. Well done, well done. Good, good pop knowledge. <laughs> right, right. This, the final one is a bit more tricky. It's very specific to my family. I've got teenage kids, and they're massive fans of Cobra Kai, which, if you don't know, is a recent spin-off from the 1980s movie Karate Kid, which probably dates me a little bit. Um, and you, you probably remember, for those who did, the Wax On, Wax Off, and Mr. Miyagi. Well, the Cobra Kai... The, the the dojo for Cobra Kai have a motto. Do you know what that motto is? I uh, you know I I should be I should be ashamed of myself. I of course I was a Karate Kid fan in the eighties, and I remember the original Cobra Kai uh, motto of "Pain does not exist in this dojo." But I don't know the new one. I I need to <laughs> catch up on my Cobra Kai series. Everybody's telling me to watch it, so no, I don't know that one, Liam. Well, you're really close, actually. That is one of that is one of the the statements on the on the wall. But the actual motto is "Strike first, strike hard, no mercy." Okay. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You you, you did well. There. <laughs> well. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope that <laughs> demonstrates. Well, I hope it demonstrates some of the power of a few well chosen words that can be inspiring, that can form identity, and they can shape family character. At UBS, we encourage families to answer four illuminating questions when developing their mission statements that hopefully spark the reflective process to capture a unifying purpose. And, and they include, when, who are we? Who are we as a family? What do we stand for? What do we want to do? Particularly, what do we want to do with our wealth and what do we want to do together? How will we accomplish our goals? And hopefully the answer to that is not strike first, strike hard, no mercy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, I, 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 Liam, that was a very good exercise in putting real-world examples into the definition. So that was very helpful. So I can see why a mission statement can provide a family with a unifying purpose and, as you said, an identity. But how does one or how does a family go about actually creating that statement? But as, as I mentioned earlier, the first priority and the most important aspect is to encourage and ensure we get the whole family together to participate. Um, one really strong, intimidating voice can diminish others and, and can alienate the younger generation. So if we can get everybody include, included, it, it's a really good start. I mean, although there are some notable exceptions where founding wealth creators and strong characters within, in the family ha have given um, powerful uh, missions to the family. And one I think of is, is John uh, Rockefeller Jr. I mean, he inscribed his in stone on the Rockefeller Center, one of many. But he said, uh, for every right implies a responsibility, every opportunity an obligation, every possession a duty now at ubs 
we don't use stone to write the mission statements, but we do encourage family collaboration. And the best way to create a mission statement is to hold a family meeting where every voice can be heard. And we suggest a few basic steps to, to take. First, we find a suitable location and a time where the whole family can be included and welcomed and their voices can be heard. Again, I stress the importance of having your voice heard. Creating a positive, inclusive space for time for reflection is essential as well. And listening with empathy is also vital that everybody having time to share their perspectives. And it can be a, re can be a healing and, and bonding experience when we get, when we create that space. The, the second one is we want to create a sense of connection. And the UBS family balance sheet exercise is designed to find areas of connection, but also expose areas of divergence. And when, and the, and the other tool we use is to get families into a place of reflection. So they're sharing memories, uh, particularly shared memories where there was a strong sense of uh, community in the family, or maybe an emotional connection. And uh, again, this brings families together as they share their experiences. And questions like, um, what was it about that shared time of community? What was it that created those feelings? And if we use those sort of open questions, again, it can encourage further reflection and conversation. And, and the third point is we, um, once we've, established that connection we've established that safe space um families are listening to each other and we can insert more challenging questions that can be considered and here are five examples which we sometimes use in that situation what are your core values as a family and again that's a big question but we in the ubs we use the purposeful dialogue cards which help identify those values and you're not limited to your vo vocabulary of values or your knowledge of values the second question might be what do we want to sorry why do we want to stay together as a family what family traditions uh, do we want to preserve what impact as a family do we want to have on the world? And that obviously speaks into philanthropy uh, as well. And what level of connection and independence do we want to have, especially when we're talking with younger generations? And again, try and find some open questions that stimulate the, the conversation. Identifying family values is the starting point, as it will shape the mission statement and it provides a list of actions that flow from the statement. And again, the importance of having actions are, are, are critical because otherwise it's just a statement and it doesn't really mean very much. So we, we want those actions. For example, um, if a family identifies with generosity, it might be understood differently by the different family members. So, you know, because we can be generous with our wealth, we can be generous with our time, uh, we can be generous with our words to one another, saying kind words. We can be 
generous with our family assets or even or even our networks just to name a few and everyone might have a different perspective of what that word means the discussion around the values is most productive part of the process and is best conducted through a facilitator which again is where our team excels and the values and responses to the questions provide that framework to build the mission statement we know through experience that an enduring legacy has little to do with how much wealth you have or how much you love your family. It actually rests upon your ability to communicate effectively with everyone in your family. The UBS family mission statement process and the end results are great tools to support your family communication and build an awareness of collective responsibility for wealth. Great. And Liam, you mentioned the family balance sheet in your previous answer and using it to help establish connection. Can you explain a little bit more what it is and how it might build that connection that you're talking about? When, when we speak to some of the most um, – some of the wealth creators um, or, or family principals, they frequently state that the family members – are their motivation for creating wealth or wanting to transition wealth successfully. And in other words, that means you know, the most important assets in a family are its members. And we sometimes don't acknowledge that. I mean, true family wealth is not simply the quantitative financial number, but it includes a qualitative or um, an observable capital that is much harder to measure and as you can hear, harder to define. Now, for example, they include intellectual capital. Intellectual capital might be a measure of knowledge from academic success or you know, the hard-earned life experience knowledge. It, it, um, it's particularly applicable to rising generation in regards to financial awareness and, or understanding of, of managing money or managing wealth. That is a, the, the, the intellectual capital. The other capitals or the other qualitative capitals which we include in the, in the balance sheet is human capital. Who makes up the family? How many generations are there? Is it um, is a measure of personal well-being, a sense of identity, a sense of self-worth, but most crucially health as well. How healthy are the individuals in the family? The second one is social capital which refers to an internal relationships within the family um, and, and then also the external relationships into the community. And the key indicators in this area include the family ability to make decisions together. Now, how good are they at connecting and making, making joint decisions? How good are they at welcoming in new members to the family? And, um, and how do they use their time, their talent and their treasure in the greater society. And the, the third one uh, is, is foundational or sometimes called spiritual capital. This is best described as the ability to transcend individual interests in favor of a larger purpose. It's not um, exclusively the realm of spiritual beliefs or values, but a story of uh, how the family creates its identity and, and what is its purpose purpose and a few signs of foundational capital include humility uh, gratitude you know, being cognizant that you 
you do have privilege. You were born into in, 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 into a, a family of plenty and being grateful for those who have come before you. The family balance sheet basically enables us to measure these different capitals within a family. And, um, and it, we partnered with the Wise Council Research to develop a very simple exercise that uses the self-reporting questions to evaluate those four qualitative capitals in families. Right. And Liam, how, how does that actually work in practice? <laughs> Good question. <Yeah. laughs> right. Um, well, we ask, we, we interview each family member and there are seven questions in each of those four capital areas. And the responses are collected and the scores for each capital are, are tabulated. Um, and for instance, a question on human capital uh, might be, my family members have meaningful relationships with others. And then they will score them themselves and the family between one to five, depending on how much they agree or disagree with that statement. And the exercise provides a snapshot of family strengths and deficiencies similar to a financial balance sheet, you know, with assets and liabilities. And the process, in a word, and it's one I always struggle with, which is it's iterative and provides, you know, a benchmark for the different family capitals and enable us to have an informed conversation while also, while also responding to what those... Um, the responses from the family come up with. So it, as I say, it, it, it's an iterative process. It's, it's, it sounds pretty straightforward in principle, Liam, but what other tools are available to have an informed conversation around family mission statements? I think the most useful or productive tool that we use is the purposeful dialogue cards, which I mentioned uh, earlier. And they're specifically designed to help clients identify values through self-reflection. It's, it's titled the Discovering Your Why. Um, and there are 30 cards which represent a value. You know, there could be uh, freedom, uh, transparency, leadership, gratitude, uh, generosity, to, to name a few. And after a time of reflection with the cards, the participants, family members, are encouraged to select three that resonate. And what I love about the cards is that it removes the barriers of vocabulary from identifying your values. And what I mean is that, for instance, Anthony, if I said to you, you know, what are your values? I mean, I suspect you could probably rattle off a number that spring to mind. But on the other hand, if I gave you a list of values or, or cards in this example with single values printed on them and gave you a moment to select the ones that resonate the most with you then ask you to select you know your, your top three and maybe one that does not resonate with you at all i suspect you'd have a different list and for instance something like accomplishment uh, might be on there which is you may not have considered uh, in, in, in the past. I'm putting words into your mouth here, obviously. Um, if, if I then ask you, you know, what does accomplishment mean to you? you know, and what is an accomplishment you're most proud of? That could open the door to a deeper level of conversation and understanding. 
And when we've conducted this exercise in a family meeting setting, it's surprising how often families who thought they did not have any values gravitate to very similar values. And I don't think we should be surprised by that because when we spend time uh, with people we love, um, they, they know how we act and they, we see how we allocate resources. We, they see how we respond to one another. It shouldn't be surprising that we gravitate to those same values. And this is another reason why the exercise can be an extremely positive experience as it can validate or unearth, uh, put words to um, actions or a family culture that already exists but has never been articulated. And at the same time, we see some family members surprising each other with discussions with new ideas or maybe a unique values which has never been, never been articulated. I mean, these sessions create space for family members to share what is most important to them and why. And as, as you can imagine, that can be a powerful experience. And if everyone is participating, the end result does not come from one individual, but is iterative. That word again, where everyone witnesses the formation of that value statement and sees how it is created and contributes to it. It becomes the tool to guide the family. It could be including investments. If there's a, a cons consensus on uh, you know, sustainability, advisors can adjust the portfolio to reflect the family values. And equally in philanthropy, your family values can drive the direction of your generosity and the impact you want to have on the world. Liam, this is so excellent. Thank you so much. And, and again, thank you for demystifying the family mission statement and, of course, then outlining ways that all families can develop one and start to flourish, which really is the big goal here. W what's the best way to connect with your team, Liam? Well, each, each region has got a family advisory and philanthropy services, senior strategists, um, and we're here to help develop uh, those mission statements with other resources or facilitating, and we can be accessed to your fin financial advisor who will draw the resources that you need to build your family mission statement. Excellent. Liam, thank you so much. What a great rundown and uh, very specifically tied into the, the legacies that philanthropic families want to have and leave behind to the next generations. Such a helpful conversation here. Liam McCormick, senior strategist with the Family Advisory and Philanthropy Services team right here at UBS. Liam, thank you so much. Great to have you on. Thank you, Anthony. Of course. And again, as Liam said, if you'd like follow-up or more information, make sure to speak with your UBS financial advisor. From New York City, I'm Anthony Pastore. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you're going to take away lots and lots of really helpful and purposeful information from this conversation today. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. 
It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at ubs.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.